Sometimes Wonder imagined herself at the top of a big Ferris wheel. Except instead of looking out at a carnival filled with loving families and food that would stop her heart, she was looking down at the timeline of her life, and of all the other lives that intersected hers. Red strings, crossing. Forming knots where connections were permanent, like families and lovers and pets, and simply rubbing together where the connections were fleeting. The threads glided against each other, and sometimes they changed or wore down in that area, like the memory of a person got better or worse over time. The strings weren't red all the way through either. Sometimes there were areas where they were blue or purple or green, and she hadn't quite figured out what that meant yet. The strings were also broken and retied in some places, events that happened to people that shouldn't have that could never be fixed permanently, things that broke them in a way they had to get over or get through. She also imagined that she could see those events, things that happened way before she was born, and things that happened when she was a kid that she couldn't see going on right in front of her eyes, or maybe sometimes things that she couldn't remember because she wasn't old enough yet when they happened. She wondered what would happen if she could just jump down from the Ferris wheel, if she could just take a giant leap of faith and run through the strings weaving her body through them and moving around them to jump into that one pivotal moment where something goes wrong and fix it, would her life be different? Would it be her string that she would be untying, or would it be someone else's? Maybe she could untie her mother's from her own, if she was lucky. But that knot was probably all wet and swollen, rotten rope, and weakening her own red line, and she could understand if it had been cut and retied so many times that it seemed pointless to even attempt to undo again, because somehow the fungus and mold of the connection there would run down her own red string and wither it away. She didn't want to let it be that way, though. She was doing all this imagining again when she stared at the angry message on her phone. It was the third time that year that her mother had decided she was going to disown her, and honestly, the reasons kept getting pettier and pettier, and Wonder was starting to think that she should just tell her mother not to bother, since it didn't have an effect on her anymore. At 20 years old, anything she needed, her mother had never provided in the first place, so disowning her didn't make much of a difference. Her mother didn't give her a place to stay, or feed her, or pay for college, or even really love her, so she didn't feel like she was missing out on much. That wasn't to say that it didn't hurt. It hurt that the one person in the world who was supposed to love her was almost contractually, biologically, and chemically obligated to, didn't. But it was more of in an abstract way than a specific gnawing pain. She detached the title mother from her birth giver a long time ago. She'd seen people with their parents, with their mothers, and hers wasn't that. The pain that she felt was more far and away, more like a longing for something that she had never had, more than missing her mother. It wasn't like the words her mother said to her made her cry or hurt her feelings. The time for that had come and gone long ago. The only time she felt upset was when she thought of other people, other girls specifically, who had mothers that were nice to them, mothers who taught them to do heteronormative feminine things and talked to them and took care of them, things that Wonder had to teach herself, 
because as much as she didn't believe in gender roles or heteronormative standards, she enjoyed the stereotypical aspects of being a girl. To other people, the fact that Wonder spent hours on the internet looking up makeup tutorials and following them and had perfected the craft on her own visage was amazing, but to Wonder it was something that she shouldn't have had to do. It was something that someone should have taught her. It was a bonding time that lots of girls spoke about having with their mothers that she didn't have. But she had long passed the time for being jealous. Now, she was just concerned about how to make her life better. She was determined not to become like her mother. She was hell-bent on being a good person, even if it killed her. She rolled over in bed, burying her face against the pillows and huffing out a loud sigh. She couldn't believe that she'd fallen for the antics of her mother another time. She'd seemed so nice when she'd faked the job of being a mother this time. She had taken Wonder to dinner and then hung out with her. But then she'd make vague promises, and when she couldn't fulfill them, she had made it seem like Wonder was the one to blame. Wonder didn't have kids, so she was no expert on being a mother, but she was fairly sure that it wasn't okay to blame your kids for their existence, or the fact that they believed you when you promised things to them. She hadn't been that gullible in a while, though. If her mother ever made her a promise, she made sure she was ready to follow through on it by herself. After all, a person can only lie to themselves for so long before the truth stands in front of them unwilling to be denied any longer. By the time she had resolved to get out of bed, another 30 minutes had passed. She told herself that she wasn't allowed to wallow in her sad moment for more than an hour, and her time was half up. It was how she helped ward the depression off little by little. Her therapist had said take it one day at a time, not that she'd seen the therapist in the past year, but she couldn't handle 24 hours. 24 hours felt like a long time. An hour was enough. An hour was all her brain could handle under the extreme lack of serotonin and the constantly raised cortisol levels. Her body had this unnatural sag to it that seemed to deepen with each step she took away from her bed. It was almost like she was slowly melting away as she headed to the bathroom. She had to actively convince herself to brush her teeth. Yes, it would take a lot of energy. But she didn't want a repeat of a few months ago, when she'd had to get her wisdom tooth pulled from a bad infection. She promised herself that no matter how depressed she got, she would take care of her teeth at least. They were just as important as having a good first handshake, maybe even more so, since her smile was usually what convinced people to like and trust her. She wasn't sure what it was about her, but even her managers claimed that she seemed bubbly and welcoming. She'd always told them that they were wrong, but they didn't believe her. That was sort of the catch-22 of the situation, though. She could know that she was depressed, but she had gotten so good at pretending that she wasn't that when she told other people or people made comments about her character, she always slightly misled them and they were always slightly wrong. That was the thing about being raised in an environment where mental illness wasn't acknowledged as if it didn't exist. She had gotten so good at pretending to be this chipper, perfect person that she had a hard time being anyone else outside of her home. And when she was at home, she was the depressed, angry person that she hid away all those years because she had to have a place where she didn't have to cover it up. She wasn't awful all the time, though. Some things made her smile, like her grandmother, or the idea of leaving Florida someday. 
She wasn't even all that miserable. She just hated the idea of not being able to express or acknowledge her feelings since people made it seem like that was a crime. Wonder sighed as she pulled the bathroom door open and looked at her grandmother. She knew before she had even opened the door exactly who it was. No one else would venture into her lair this early in the morning. She glanced down at her watch and sighed. 8.30 a.m. She only had an hour now to get ready and leave for work. Her shift didn't actually start until 5, but she liked to get out of the house and sit in the bookstore for a few hours. It was relaxing. She could read for free, write in a private public space, and people watch, and no one would bother her because no one knew her. It wasn't like she hated being around her grandmother. She just couldn't lately, and she felt guilty about that, even if she didn't say it. Are you leaving early today? Her grandmother asked softly. Are you going to be out there for so long? Are you going to be okay? Wonder nodded and responded in an equally soft tone. Yeah, I have things to work on. I have writing stuff and there's this book I want to finish reading, so... Are you going to take lunch with you? I can make something for you. That would be really nice, Grandma. Thank you. She kept the conversation to a minimum. She actually loved talking to her grandmother, but sometimes it was hard. She couldn't explain why it was so hard to get up in the morning, or why thinking about certain things made her cry when they shouldn't have, or why she felt like she was losing grip of her very self and her surroundings. She couldn't elaborate on the fact that sometimes she had to touch the wall just to remember it was there, and this was real, and everything was happening. That was hard for everyone else to understand. It didn't help that she'd scared them a few months ago. Now every time she cried or seemed a little less chipper than usual, she felt like everyone was watching her, or they were just waiting for her to crack and have another breakdown. The part that they didn't know was that she was waiting too. The actions of her past and the memory of the way people treated her sometimes made her feel like she didn't deserve to be alive. Depression was the sort of democles that came up with the very fact that she was alive at all. After getting ready, albeit slowly since she was feeling more drained than usual, she gave her grandmother a kiss and headed out the door. She called one of those ride-sharing services. It was how she got to work most of the time since she didn't have anyone to drive her and she couldn't drive herself. Her grandmother would have, but she couldn't drive either. It wasn't that her grandmother didn't know how, but she didn't have a car. And even if she did, things like that were complicated, and Wonder didn't really want to push the issue since she knew it would only lead to upsetting people, and that would only make her more depressed in the long run anyway. Instead, she took a short walk to the back gate of her neighborhood and placed her hand on the silver knob. She leaned against it, pulling her weight back before hip-checking the metal pole twice to get it to unlock. Sometimes it stuck. But she did this every day, just in case, since even when they fixed it, it still stuck. She slammed the gate shut as a black SUV drove up and she smiled at the driver. Wonder? A stocky man with dark shades asked her. Something about him seemed off, and so even though she nodded, she made sure to walk around the back of the car to check his license plate anyway. Every letter matched, and so... She shoved the earbud back in her ear, but didn't play any music. She wanted to seem like she wasn't paying any attention, even though she was. 
She settled into the back seat with her backpack on her lap and tugged the seatbelt down over them both as the car made a U-turn on the small back street and drove off. While she managed to maintain the nonchalant and distracted demeanor that she'd gotten in the car with, her eyes kept looking at the driver. They were about halfway there when her phone screen started to darken. Damn, she had forgotten to charge it again. She had set a reminder, but she'd been so forgetful lately that she would need a reminder to set the reminder, and that was no good. She bit her lip as she slowly pulled the earbuds out of her ears. It would be pretty obvious that she wasn't listening to anything if she stopped messing with her phone suddenly like she had been for the past ten minutes, especially since her reaction to her phone dying had been to utter, shit, quietly under her breath. As the white nubs that provided her a border from this slightly unsettling driver fell into her lap, he began speaking. She couldn't believe it. With a less than 10 second window, he had begun to try and make conversation with her. How are you doing on this day, beautiful young lady? She tried hard not to scoff. The compliments were only going to drive the rating down, not up. Sometimes it floored her how little men failed to understand. Things like, you shouldn't compliment a woman when you're driving her somewhere, because there's already a risk to her safety. That's all she could think about. The tone of his voice, and the way he stared at her through the rearview mirror made her feel threatened, too. But she wouldn't admit that, even if anyone asked her. She turned her head a little so that her curly hair would hide her face, but she spoke clearly to make it obvious that she wasn't the type to give up without a fight. I'm fine. Thanks. She hoped the cold tone of her voice and the fact that she didn't reciprocate the question would give him a clear sign that she didn't want to talk, and moreover, she didn't want the cheesing or the compliment factory that she was sure the man already had in his mind. When she finally got to work, it had begun drizzling. It seemed like it had been raining forever, even though she lived in what was supposed to be the sunniest state of them all. It was almost like the sun never came out. It leapt behind the clouds and ducked under thunderstorms, hiding from her when she needed it most, like on days like this. She nearly tripped getting out of the car, but managed for a nice save before scampering to the door of the empty-looking bookstore. It was mostly empty on days like this. Weekdays, when anyone who needed a book was still in bed or at work or school or simply had something better to do. Wonder didn't, though. Books were her something to do. They were her priority. They were her anchor when the ocean of the world was storming out of control. She waved to the girl at the coffee counter. Wonder had been working in the kitchen store near the bookstore for nearly a year now, and she and the coffee girl had become friends in a way. They knew each other well enough by now, even if it was only through passing glances and weather comments. Occasionally, the girl would comment on a book she was reading, and Wonder's eyes would turn to sparkles as she detailed how the novel made her feel. That was what was most important to Wonder anyway. She thought that the kind of books that a person enjoyed, genuinely enjoyed, said something about the kind of person they were. It was part of the reason she wouldn't let people know what her favorite book was. She had a few soppy romances that she enjoyed, but when it came to something that she felt a genuine connection to, romance didn't even begin to touch the surface. She had a favorite book, and what it taught her was that resistance, as determined and good-intentioned as it may be, was useless sometimes, 
And that even if you change who you are, you have to live in the mistakes of your past until you can accept them. Because you can't change the past, and you can't run from the person underneath the fancy clothes and pretty hair. As terrifying as it is, you are you forever, and you can't change that. She may have had the most depressing favorite book of all time, but she wasn't sure about that yet. What she did know was that even Gatsby had to face his mistakes in the end, and that F. Scott Fitzgerald probably made all of those characters terribly unlikable for a reason, and she sort of understood it. She had a strange sympathy for them, even if they were kind of awful. She had a strange lust for their seeming disregard about any of the little things and even some of the big ones, but she knew how the book ended, and they didn't until it had happened and she didn't want it to happen to her. She wasn't the kind of person who lived in the past, though. She was just always sort of mindful of it. It was as if the past was a strong hand gripping her shoulder and telling her to sit down when she stood up in rebellion, though she already knew the outcome would be poor. Her feet carried her past the tomes of classic literature, and she blew a kiss to the bell jar as she ducked down to read the last names. Letter Z. She had a soft spot for the bell jar, too. When she'd read it, she'd never have thought that she would live it one day. Her fingers danced over the backbones of the books as she searched for the one she was looking for. When she finally found it, she grabbed it and stood paying no attention to anything except the world in her hand as she moved towards the corner where she normally read. She slid down with her back against the wall and unzipped her backpack. She had stuffed it pretty tightly today. And as soon as the blanket felt the smooth release of the zipper, it sprung free and into her lap. It was still warm from the dryer, and she buried her face in it, grinning at the feeling of the cotton against her skin. It was her favorite blanket, a purple fleece, almost threadbare. But she didn't bring it for the warmth. She brought it for the comfort, and it gave her plenty of that. It had been a gift from her grandmother, and that was more comfort than she could ever ask for. Then again, anything associated with that woman was. She had no shame in having a blankie at the age of 20 years old. She'd finished a book and a half by the time it was time for her to get ready for work. There was an excitement bubbling in her bones, something her boss always liked about her. She didn't know if the woman was aware that the giddy, whimsical, friendly girl that entered the shop on a daily was a result of fantasy books filled with tales of dragons and elves and the occasional gander at the works of Arthur Conan Doyle. Either way, she was almost sure that if she hadn't read before work, she wouldn't be so enjoyable. She stepped over the threshold of the store, holding the door open for customers behind her. The manager popped up from behind the counter and there was a grin on her face as if she'd been waiting to see the girl all day. And maybe she had. Alex, Wonder's manager, always joked that Wonder was her good luck charm because it just so happened that when Wonder came to work, they'd go from barely any money to making the day and then some. Alex was in her 40s, but only her idea said so. If you were going off of personality, appearance of wrinkles, Alex and Wonder could be the same age. Where Wonder's cheeks were round and squishy, so were Alex's. Where Wonder's youthful spirals collected around her face to frame it, Alex's straight brown hair made a curtain of grace around her glowing amber irises. And yet, they had the same look to them. The look of a person that you see and know that you could immediately like. 
For wonder, that came with the heart-shaped stamps on her cheeks and the ghosting of blush over her nose and cheeks under brightly shadowed eyes. For Alex, it came with the look of wisdom and guidance and friendliness that intensified with each word she spoke. She had an easy way of making you feel like you were the only person in the world. They'd grown closer over the past few months, and Wonder looked up to Alex in a way that she rarely looked up to adults. Wonder thought that if you looked at most adults, they had no idea what the fuck they were doing, and Wonder was one of those adults too. But when she looked at Alex, not knowing what you were doing felt good, and when it didn't, there was always a solution to that. Accept it, change it, and move on. That's what Alex always said. It wasn't that often that Wonder was incredibly fond of people. She tended to keep her distance just to be safe, but with Alex, Wonder almost felt bad for lying to her. Sure, she'd never expressly told a lie, but it was her personality. At work, she was the giddy girl who wore cat ears in her hair, her heart on her cheek, and a joke to tell a customer, or something to connect over. But she wasn't that person. She was severely the opposite of that person, and sometimes she thought if work wonder ever met everyday wonder, they might hate each other. Actually, she was sure of it. But none of that mattered when she was at work. She could focus on other things, and she didn't feel like crying or ripping her hair out. She didn't have to think about all the mistakes she made, or the person that she was or wasn't. She just had to sell pots and pans and kitchen appliances to people, and she was good at that. She was alarmingly good at it. She smiled and turned heads and giggled at customers' bad jokes, and suddenly there was another $1,000 in the register. She'd bond with them over things that she didn't even really care about, and suddenly they'd be reaching deep in their pockets for an appliance that they didn't need, even if she'd never point that out to them. She clocked in and made her way to the back of the store to put on her apron and put up her hair. She liked putting up her hair. And customers liked it too, apparently. She always got compliments on her makeup and her smile when her hair was up. And when people complimented her, they were always more susceptible to believing in her opinion, even if most of it was a bucket of bald-faced lies, because she couldn't afford half of the stuff in the store anyway. No one in her family could. But since she looked pretty enough and spoke as if she knew what she was talking about from personal experience, they could never tell. Talking to a customer was like talking to a friend. She no longer got nervous when they walked through the door like she used to. As far as she was concerned, they were there to see her, and only her, and she owned their attention until they walked back out that door. As she made her way onto the floor, she adjusted some merchandise, her eyes scanning the room. The store wasn't very busy. It had been drizzling most of the day, and most people, herself included, wouldn't want to go out in this kind of weather. Even if it wasn't that bad, Floridians were a little spoiled when it came to weather. There was an old couple. Those were common in her store. A younger couple with their daughter. Whenever she saw couples like that, it immediately made her smile. Then, she heard a familiar voice. Her eyes darted across the room, and there he was. Icy hair with dark roots and the army green joggers she was so familiar with stood next to the coffee cart. Her chest stopped. No breathing. No heartbeats. No tingly feeling like the one she used to get when she saw him. Instead, she felt like she was dying suddenly. She was falling, but not in a good way this time. 
Tears sprang to her eyes as she dipped behind the knife counter, ducking low and holding her breath as she caught a glimpse of him walking to the back of the store. She'd spent the past four months trying to forget college. She'd spent all that time gathering her shit together and putting it in a box and then burying that box six feet under where her body should have been. And now, with just a glimpse of Kevin, her entire brain felt like it was on fire. Tears sprang to her eyes, and she sighed a quiet sigh. Don't cry, Wonder. Don't let them make you cry again. She huffed out softly. She thought she should be stronger than this by now. She thought if she saw any of her former friends, and especially her former boyfriend, she wouldn't feel like she was about to implode again. But that didn't matter. Even if she thought she buried the box, the grave bell was ringing and it was time for her to answer for where she'd been for the past couple months. And to say she was terrified would be an understatement. She collapsed onto all fours, trying desperately to regulate her breathing in the easiest way possible. Inhale, exhale. Inhale, exhale. Inhale. She could hear footsteps behind her and a voice coming closer. Inhale. Wait, no. Exhale was next. She had to start over now. Inhale. Her chest felt like she was about to explode. And then... The counter rattled. Wonder? Whoa. What are you doing here? <laughs>